Each week, nearly a dozen movies are released theatrically. 40 films a month, more than 400 a year. That's a plethora of cinema. Too much cinema. You'd have to be an addict to see all that. But don't fret. We've got you covered. This is Cinematics. Hey everyone, it's another week of Cinematics. This is episode number 203 of Cinematics. I'm Greg Srizavasti. I have been doing... Eric Holmes, how long have I been interviewing people, reviewing movies? Do you remember? Do you have At any least idea? 69 years. 69 years. That is wrong, Eric. Beep, beep. I'm now evil Greg. I'm just getting to the point. I'm really mean. Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky are really nice. I'm going to give you one more guess, Eric Holmes. Tell me the year I started doing this. Shebang and Sheboygan. 69. Okay, strike two. Don't make it a strike three, Bruce. Why don't you guess what year I started as a film critic, quote unquote, and reviewer, interviewer? When did I start? What year? I'm going to have to flip them around, so I'll make it 1996. How's that? Okay, strike three. You guys are totally out. That is Bruce Perky. I'm joined by my betters again, Eric Holmes and Bruce Perky for Cinematics, episode 203. The answer to this question that no one cares about, including myself, I just wanted to make up a question is I started 1991 UCLA Daily Bruin as a movie critic, as a reviewer and an interviewer. So evil Greg is, look, I'm going to give myself credit. I'm now evil Greg. I used to be good, Greg, 32. What is it? What Bruce Perky, you're good with the math. Has it been 32, almost 33 years since I've been good since 91, right? Yeah, but time for the evil to come out, bring is, out the evil. Eric Holmes, do, do, you, do you think I have enough liberty after th- 33 years to finally become the bad guy when it comes to reviewing movies what do you think eric holmes i think it's been a long time coming <laughs> you've been you've been holding it down long enough time to time to let your evil flag fly okay evil flag fly we'll see how evil i am with our featured reviews this week for episode 203 that is dead shot and birth rebirth if you hear a little bit of ambient noise that is probably the the person my gardener who is he's not my gardener he's a gardener of the block you might hear some lawnmower uh, he's like he's like the lawnmower man like jeff fahey lawnmower man do you like that eric holmes you like yeah, that it's reference? Like, well it's like a sequel to last week when uh bruce was giving us the thunderstorm ambiance <laughs> and then who knows maybe next week i'll get like car crashes or honking horns outside we'll see what happens do you ever get that i you look three four years of doing this with you eric holmes find your film and bruce find your film uh, in cinematics i've never heard honking cars or in car crashes outside your window has, I usually, has that ever happened I usually hit the mute button when that happens, but, but <laughs> since we're going with the whole ambiance thing, maybe I'll just let it in when it happens. <laughs> so it's in your neighborhood that happens on occasion or? Yeah, on ca- it's not a real busy street, but we're close to a busy street. So there's a lot of cars pulling in and I don't know. People don't, they don't like their mufflers. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they want everyone to know how loud their car is. Yes. Bruce Berkey, you're not allowed to text people, including myself, with a YouTube link. What did you send me, Bruce Berkey? Was that, is that a secret YouTube link that is banned in the dark web? What did you send me? What, what's going I had to on? send you uh, Lords of Acid, Out Comes the Evil. From- Very good. Be, I love that, that Lords of Acid. That is a great reference, Lords of Acid. I haven't heard of that group for a while. They used to have these really interesting album and CD covers. If I recall, I'm just recalling years ago. Am I correct on the Lords of Acid here? With oh yes, Voodoo You. If you want a lot of lot of naked devil women on there, yeah, sure. They have a very very uh, subtle song called the Crab Louse, which is quite <laughs> <laughs> which is quite subtle. <laughs> Bruce Perky is going to say, 
before we get into our features, any Bruce, have you been anything updates on on your life? Because look, Eric brought the whole personal side, like maybe several months ago, and I think as evil Greg, I think I'm going to be kind of good Greg. Maybe we bring a little bit of our personality into the into the projects, which I I, I don't think we should. But well, why don't you tell me a little bit about your? You <laughs> gotta your, your, have a personality to bring it in. Exactly. Uh, let's see. My boy just started college. Uh, first day was yesterday, so that's. It's something. Uh, What's oh, a college? Oh, What's a college? Uh, it's UAH, University of Alabama in Huntsville. And uh, they're very well known for like um, aerospace and engineering. And uh, they're right in the middle of, uh, they're they're like, I don't know, five minutes away from the rocket space and rocket center. And they're in the middle of this research park, which is full of like Lockheed Martin and all that kind of stuff. But um, how far is the commute? Is the commute yeah, okay? It, he's going to stay in the dorms so he doesn't have to commute so far. Otherwise, it'd be about a hour each way we don't want to have to do that oh my and gosh. on on movie news for personal movie news i so i have this little book right this is my journal that i, I keep my notes in for okay. my movies you, what are the stickers you have middle class film class middle class five. film class force five, five. Uh, homophobia is gay you know who that's from that's from mr anderson, anderson um, but yes. i just got to the last page so here's a guess for you what was the date of the first page of this Mm. What was the date? The exact date is in like the day and the year or something? Yeah. yeah. Okay. How about this? Let me say June 9th, 1969. <laughs> that, I'm that's 6969 for anyone not paying attention. I'm going to say July 22nd, 2022. How about that? You are a little late, but you're getting all, you're pretty close. Okay. What? So May 4th, 2022 was the first entry. The first movie in this book is The Innocents. The uh, Eskilvoked one from Scandinavia that we watched with those kids that were really interesting. Uh, really and the last movie. one, uh, the last one's on today's show. So there you go. What do you do with that with that book? You just write notes that you want to do for the review. Yeah. Okay. And during the actual podcast, do you refer to the book sometimes yep. or? Yep. Oh. I have it open. I can look at that and I can say, what did I say? If there's anything I wanted to remember or, you know, that's it. Yep. I want to know, Eric Holmes, here's my, since you and I are doing a lot of interviews, I was going to ask him, the, the, the big question to Bruce Berkey is, in your book of movie reviews and movie notes, is there a movie where there are no notes? Because it's so bad, <laughs> the page is blank. Or no, the- sometimes they get more notes <laughs> when they're really bad. <laughs> I can go back and find a one star and or a half star one here, I'm sure, <laughs> and uh, get you. Get you some information. Maybe while we're t- while we're talking and stuff, I'll 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 Thumb scan around. through it and look for something that's that low. And I'm sure I've got a couple in here that are that are pretty low. So okay, your your oldest son in college. You showed us the the podcast movie book. That's some personal stuff from Bruce Perky. Personal stuff from you, Eric Holmes. I'm not going to share any personal stuff because again, like Bruce says, you need a personality personality to actually have it. To share your inner life. I don't have one. What, but do you have an inner life, Eric Holmes? What have you been up to the last week? I just been running karaoke for Crazy Tony's karaoke, woohoo! And it's been really fun. Get to watch a bunch of people come up. You get a lot of people who's like, "Hey, you gonna sing tonight?" And like, "Ah, no, I'm I'm not that good. You don't want to hear me sing." And then after a few beers, I finally talk them into coming up, and then they kill it like a hundred percent of the time that happens. So if you're thinking about going to karaoke, you think you're not going to be any good, why don't you surprise yourself and everyone else in the bar and sing some jams and you're probably a lot better than you think you are. Have you ever actually brought a ringer on stage, a ringer that you didn't know about, meaning someone you didn't think was going to be good and they just belted out. Like you said, they're really good. They turned out to be good singers, but did anyone just, just surprise you with how great their voice was? 
Not not really, because I just kind of assume everyone's going to be good. Like there, there's people like try to sound like the the singer does, and it doesn't really work. But when I think the the best advice I can give anyone sing not just karaoke but just singing in general, try to do it in your own voice. Because like there's mm-hmm. this one guy, like he's what you would call a air quote bad singer, but I actually really liked him because he had kind of his own style to it. You know, he didn't sing it like it was on the record. He sang it. He sings it in his own style, and it totally works. Mm. Speaking of own style, totally works. Our featured reviews are two movies this week. We have Deadshot and Birth Rebirth. But again, Birth Rebirth is the second movie. The first movie is Deadshot. But first, I want to get to Eric Holmes. Just a very quick aside. Something that you've actually been obsessed over. I think well, maybe I'm putting words into your mouth, which I am. Like, last couple of weeks. Can you just talk about your whole fascination with you know, it's not alienation. It's not enemy planet, right? Wait, what is it? What What is it called? Enemy mind. Oh, it's not none of this. It's alien, alien planet. planet. What is it? What is it about alien planet that you love? Where can people find it? You alluded to it. I believe last episode, I, I'm about 30 minutes into it on Tubi. And I apologize to director Alan Maxon for not actually finishing it yet, but what can people expect from this movie and why, why are you so into it? Because you actually talked about a whole spoiler section. T- tell us listeners about it. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a really fun kind of low budget movie about two warring alien factions trying to get water and they hate each other, but then they find a common enemy and they have to work together. Similar similar to uh, uh, Enemy Mine, this one's got like a really really low budget, but like talking with uh, Alan and Eric Prochna about the making of it, it's really fascinating to see like. You go back and like you listen to the interview and then you go back and watch it again. It's like, holy crap, it's amazing how much work they put into this and how seamless a lot of stuff is that like there are certain scenes that as I'm watching the movie, I didn't realize how much went into that scene or that particular shot until after talking with Alan Maxson about it. It's like, holy crap, dude. You, you really uh you really went above and beyond with this a lot of the really impressive scenes are like like uh invisible scenes like like you don't recognize the work put in it because you're not paying attention to that which is kind of the point of you know doing the certain effect you know in that particular particular shot and plus they're they're great guys and i think i think we'll probably have alan maxson on again i'm not sure what we're going to talk about but i'll be happy to talk to him again because they were they're pretty fun to hang out no, with. No, you're not going to have Alan Maxson on the show without the approval of Bruce Perky. He's the boss of the show. Did you actually put in your paper? I'm going to do a Zoom meeting with him and record it and then give it to you. And then whatever happens with, with that happens. But one thing is for sure, I'm definitely going to talk to him again because I, I, they're just good people, good company. And I, I like talking to him. I, again, I, I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm bad, evil Greg. And I'm going to say, I don't care if they're good people. Bruce Perky, the boss, does Eric Holmes get clearance to interview Alan Maxson again? Does he, no, does you he get care? the wrong, the wrong Bruce. That's Springsteen is the boss. <laughs> <laughs> I am the butcher, not the boss. You are the butcher. He, and he's he, the assistant manager. Assistant <laughs> manager the boss. Bruce, in all fairness, not like you have the time to do this, but if you are on Tubi, I, I would suggest just giving Alien Planet a little bit of a skim because you come from the practical effects world where you appreciate it as opposed to CGI driven stuff, which I'm sure you like too, but you like the just the tangible stuff. And I think, Eric, I think you can support this. If you like tangible VFX, I think Alien Planet, even if you don't completely love the movie, I think the way it's executed, it's, I, I'm enjoying it so far, but I really love the special effects. I think, Bruce, you would get a kick out of Alien Planet so far from what I'm watching. And Eric Holmes actually recommends it. Currently streaming on Tubi. 
Bruce Perky is not rich. Eric Holmes is not rich. I'm not rich, but I don't know if I can drum up $20, I might even buy the Blu-ray because I think. Um, you- de- yeah, I'm definitely doing that because the, the, the Blu-ray, you know, because they didn't teams. have a big budget and, you know, I don't know how much money they're making on it now that it's out. But uh, if you buy the Blu-ray, that most supports the filmmakers behind it. So yeah, that's the way I go. But if you don't, you know, if you don't buy Blu-rays or whatever, um, you know, Criminal. yeah, streaming, rent it, streaming on Amazon or wherever it's streaming that. Yeah, streaming on 2B right now. And I maybe streaming on Amazon down the road. We're, we're going to put the Just Watch link for Alien Planet. Really interested in in actually promoting this, uh, this really uh, so far wonderful movie from what I'm seeing it. But Eric Holmes was actually the vanguard in this. He was um, two steps forward regarding covering Alien Planet. We'll leave all that promotion links in and our show And now let's take three steps back and get into the features. Let's get, you know what? We're going to do four more steps back. Before we get it, before we you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm evil Greg again. I'm going to actually say, you know what? I'm not going to do that. Let's go to Deadshot. Deadshot. That's our review. Five-star film. I, I, I know rating. What's your rating, Bruce, on Deadshot, Eric? <laughs> but five-star banger. Love this movie. Go see it in theaters on demand and digital August 18th. Need I say more? I don't know. I don't want to say anymore because I've been talking a lot. Maybe Bruce and Eric have do not agree. Maybe it's not a five-star banger. This movie is directed by Tom Gard and Charles Gard. They are brothers, Eric Holmes, I'm assuming here? Yep. Yeah. And the uh, editor, let me get it. I think it's Ted. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ted Gard is the okay. editor. So, okay. Yeah. Eric, this is a 91-minute film. I'm going to try my best to explain this. It's a The genre is action, thriller, and, and drama. And it centers on, it's like 1970s London. And it starts off with this ex-Irish paramilitary named Michael, played by Colin Morgan. He's taking his wife to go to uh, deliver the baby. His wife's in the back. And he's he looks like, looks like he's running from something. And this is not a spoiler because this is in the trailer. He's trying to take her to, I'm assuming, the hospital. They go down this road. It seemed this really narrow road. And unfortunately, there are people who are trying to stop him and trying to, you know, stop him because he's a former ex-Irish paramilitary. One of these is a British sergeant played by, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Do you know? How to, you guys know how to pronounce his name? Amel Amin. And he's this uh, his sergeant named Tempest. And Tempest stops the car. And he's assuming that the the passenger in the back is... The bad guy, Michael, but actually it's Michael's wife and he shoots the wife. The wife is dead. And the rest of the movie deals with Michael, obviously traumatized. He goes back into the fray with uh, with the criminal element. And the reason why he does that is because he wants to, they have the information on who killed his wife. So it's sort of the lesser of, well, I don't know, the lesser of two evils. He's trying to actually join a, a career he doesn't want just so he can get more information on the man who killed his wife. Again, the man who killed his wife. I apologize on the pronunciation, Amel Amin. And that is really the, the rest of the movie. It's 91 minutes of just lean, mean thriller, revenge thriller. And it centers, I think it really balances both of their stories until they come to the, this is not a spoiler because it's inevitable, inevitable the inevitable showdown between the two. And that is Deadshot in theaters on digital and on demand. August 18th. Let's start with Eric Holmes regarding your thoughts on Deadshot. I wasn't sure what to expect with this. I, I, just based on the poster and the name, I thought this was going to be like a, just a regular action movie. And it does have the action elements, sort of, but this plays more like a like a British thriller. I'm trying to think of like a good uh, good comparison. Maybe like uh, some, something like the Limey, maybe, or uh, like the Firstborn movie. Oh, not even the Firstborn movie, but it's got a... It, it, definitely a revenge thriller 
What kind of threw me off was, uh, so Tempest is chasing down Michael, and I keep forgetting that Tempest is not the good guy here. And then I think more on the Michael's Michael's chasing down Tempest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Michael's, see? Or or you know what? You're actually kind of right, because they're both kind of chasing each other, really. Yeah. And so Michael's chasing Tempest, and I'm thinking that Tempest is a good guy, but I'm like, well, no, he shot Michael's wife, who's pregnant. And the, but then it's like none of the characters are like coming out of this smelling like roses or kind of almost a comment on just how revenge is never the way to go because it just it just breeds more hate and more destruction. And if you want to look at it from that perspective, if you want to look at it from a just a pure thriller point of view, it's really good at that, too. You know, just kind of going around good, doing all these like, you know, we find out more about the characters, all the twists and turns and everything. I, I, I'm not quite sure what to say. I was kind of, I was kind of floored when I saw it. I, I saw that Bruce, uh, Bruce mentioned that he really, I think Bruce was the first one of us to watch this and mentioned, Oh dude, this is really good. And so I was like, Oh, let's check it out, you know, cause for the podcast. And then I'm watching going, Holy crap. This is not the movie at all. I thought it was. We have to also mention Felicity Jones. She plays the Irish handler of Michael's. And then on the British, the British handler is played by Mark Strong. He's the one who actually gets Tempest into his fray of sort of special forces, special police work. And Tempest is forced into this line of work where he, he doesn't want to be there. And kind of Michael doesn't want to be there. The, the bottom line is both of them want to eliminate the other person so they can get this whole trauma supposedly behind them. Bruce, so cats out of the bag, you were telling us how much you liked the movie. Did you more than like Deadshot? And then if you liked it more than you initially said, what, what made it outstanding for you? If that. Yeah, I, I like this movie a, a lot. And, and I kind of had a similar reaction watching the movie to Eric and it, it being more than I expected. Although if it had just been what I expected and it, would, it was shot the way it was shot, it would have been a, a really good just revenge thriller. You know, it would have been very well done for sure. Uh, oh, and by the way, you were talking about trying to think of comparative movies or movies that kind of capture that feel. To me, I would say Munich. I think Munich is the best yeah. comparison to this. So I think what this movie does is special. So first of all, it's really lean. Uh, you talk about gritty a lot. And this movie is really that has that in spades. I mean, it has the this kind of just gray, dangerous 70s Britain and Ireland. And it just really, I think it really just captures that very, very, very well. Also, I want to mention the score is really interesting. The score is kind of this weird electronic score, which could seem kind of dissonant to people. I really, really dug it. I think it gave it an interesting vibe as well. But what I think makes this movie really special. So really simple stakes, really understandable right out of the gate. You know, you have the soldier who accidentally kills the other woman, the other guy's wife. And the guy whose wife got killed wants to get revenge and kill the soldier who killed his wife. You know, simple, you know, what both people want and what the movie ends up really being about. And I think what's really interesting about this is it also, it works a little more like something like all quiet on the Western front or one of these movies where it's all about the quote peons, the soldiers, the people who are in the trenches, who are doing the killing and doing the dying are really disposable and used by the powers that be. And in both situations on the Irish side and the British side, you see how these two men who really just want to live their lives and just do their job and not cause pain and destruction to other people and have no pain and destruction caused to themselves are being kind of used as these tools. And I think it's kind of heavy handed, but kind of not. There's a great little 
almost a throwaway shot in this movie where at one point our one of our Irish characters goes into a British no Irish bar and they had these signs up in those bars and it says no blacks no Irish no dogs and there's no this is no accident that our two <laughs> our two antagonists slash protagonists are an Irish man white and a British man black uh, so I think there's a lot of interesting stuff going on in this movie beyond the um, action elements, but the action elements are really great as well. So I think there's a lot to be found in this movie. This also felt like it was shot in real time. Obviously, time passes by, but it just really feels immediate. And it's beautifully shot without calling attention to itself, which is very a balancing act that's very hard to accomplish. I just thought this was pretty much a perfect movie. Final thoughts? On Deadshot in theaters, on digital and on demand. Yeah, I think just high marks for Tom Gard and Charles Gard for their work on this written and directed by them. Also, they did a remake of A Tale of Two Sisters called The Uninvited from years back. And I really enjoyed that film. I don't know if you've seen that yet, Bruce, but I think you saw that, Eric. Did you see The Uninvited years ago or did you just see that in preparation for the interview? No, I thought that was another one where I just kind of I just kind of pass it off again. I, I don't know who's doing their marketing. <laughs> but the the marketing doesn't seem to sell their movies with the, how good they are. But the inv- uninvited, I didn't know that was a remake of Tale of Two Sisters. Uh, it's got a similar story, different ending. So if you've seen the Tale of Two Sisters, this is kind of like a similar story, but different kind of take on it. And I really enjoyed that as well. Oh, very, very cool. Okay. So Eric, what is your rating on Deadshot? I probably give this five stars. It's It's a really good kind of revenge thriller. And it's got that little extra. So it's like, it's like if it didn't have that little extra, this would be like a, you know, perfect, like four star movie, but it kind of, and all the stuff Bruce mentioned, it kind of elevates it a little bit. You know, they, they did the extra work to make it that much better. Yeah. I have a feeling different kind of movies, but it's sort of a, if we're talking about British films, this movie kind of reminds me of the, the really gritty tone of the, that Mike Hodges film, Get Carter has a very, really interesting and yeah, so there are a couple of similarities to Get Carter that I don't want to, if you've seen Get Carter, I don't want to just, uh, you know, show my hand on that because that would be a spoiler, but it's really a bleak, you know, the bleak existential vision of Get Carter is here in Deadshot as well. So yeah, for me, it's a, it's a five-star film easily. Bruce Berger, you're rating on Deadshot. Um, I'm going to also go five-star and I'll just say it, it has a fantastic ending as well. And that's a great sign of a movie like this. It starts Great. It ends great. And that's that's something that's not easy to do a lot of times with movies. And Bruce, let's it, the ending reminds me of a very popular movie that we shall not name, correct? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Again, for the fourth time, Deadshot in theaters on digital and on demand August 18th. I mean, honestly, for a $6.99 on standard definition or $7.99 for an HD rental, I think this is just worth a rental. So if you're going to be staying home this weekend, it's going to, well, it's going to be in theaters, but a lot of you will be able to actually check it out on digital and on demand on Friday. We are five stars from all of us. Would love to hear what you guys think of Deadshot. This is, and I hope Eric's uh, omen is incorrect because this is one of these things where this should be marketed more. This is such an excellent movie, right, Eric? This is one of those movies that I, I think people will need to look for. Am I correct on this as far as Deadshot? Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if it's kind of like a, to catch a killer. Mm-hmm. I, it, I actually, shoot, I should have just said that right off the bat. It, it's kind of like one of those, like, this is really good. I hope a lot of people see it. 
fingers crossed. We'll we'll see what happens, but I, it, it deserves to be seen because it's really good. Speaking of deserves to be seen, our second feature is an IFC Films and Shutter combo. It's called Birth Rebirth. It is directed and I believe also written by Laura Moss. I'll check it to see if it's li- written by Laura Moss as well. It stars. Yes. Okay, thank yeah, you. Eric. Written by Laura Moss and Brendan O'Brien, Brendan okay. J. O'Brien. Thank you, Eric. So, and it also it stars Marin Ireland and Judy Reyes. First of all, they're both wonderful actors. Love their work. And Birth Rebirth centers on. A woman named Rose, she's a pathologist at a hospital who is not very, I don't know, guys, would you consider her uh, on the spectrum or she, or she's introverted? I don't know what, what the call is on this, but she's a pathologist who's very, who's antisocial, socially awkward, or maybe not. Maybe she's just very candid and very, gets straight to the point. She's not very, basically, she's not the most social person in the world, but she's very focused on her job. Thing is, she has a very big obsession, and this is not a spoiler because I'm reading from the plot line. She has an obsession with the quote reanimation of the dead, and that opportunity for the reanimation of the dead comes forth when a young girl, six year old girl named Lila, dies, and that's played by AJ Lister. AJ Lister plays Lila. She dies from, I believe, bacterial men- meningitis, and what happens is Ro- Rose takes Lila into her domicile, into her apartment to bring her back to life and she's going to try her best problem is there is a there's a wrench in the proceedings and that is lila's mother played by judy reyes judy plays what is her name selly yeah judy plays selly and selly is a nurse at the hospital by the way that rose works in so selly is initially a PO'd regarding she can't people are telling her that she, they can't find Lila her her corpse is not can't can't be found in the hospital so she's looking around eventually she finds out that Rose has her daughter that's all it's all in the trailer and the rest of the movie deals with how they are trying to bring that daughter Sally's daughter back to life that is birth rebirth a lot of the movie is set within the apartment of Rose and Bruce was talking about the I don't know the the visual schematic of what was of Deadshot, this movie is really, a lot of it is very set in, uh, not pitch blackness, but it feels like it has like a really interesting color scheme where everything is not, is stamped down, not too sunny. This movie isn't too sunny. And there's it's a very interesting score as well. It's a very interesting film, Birth Rebirth. It looks like a horror thriller, but it doesn't really become a horror thriller type of movie. It's I don't know. Maybe if that's I don't know if you guys agree on this. Now let's start with Bruce. Oh wait, you look like you have some thoughts. But anyways, I'll get to you, Eric. Bruce, your thoughts on Birth Rebirth? I thought it was a very interesting film. Great performances. Is that enough to actually keep this above water? Yeah, I think this is a pretty interesting movie as well. I, I did not see the trailer, so I didn't know where it was going. And before we kind of had the discovery of what was going on with you talk about the reanimation and, and I guess you say it's some version of sort of a Frankenstein kind of idea here, some version of that, I guess, uh, before I knew that was happening, I had a different idea of what was happening and it seemed like a little more, maybe like a serial killer. I wasn't sure what was going on either way. I was intrigued by it, but I had to kind of recalibrate my brain. So I guess knowing that going in probably does help a little bit with people's expectations. A couple of things that really struck me that I thought were pretty great. First of all, I don't think there's any CGI in this. And there's some very, very good effects. And the effects aren't really over the top. They're more like medical effects, I guess, you know, like surgical kind of effects. And they're very, very well done. And also the kind of thing you get in this kind of movie is you have to have the science, right? You know, I have to have the science of 
what are they doing? How are they reanimating things? And and sure, it's a little bit hazy on how it exactly works, but it all's very grounded. Like it doesn't have uh, giant flashing lightning bolts or anything. It's it's done in a way that kind of makes sense and, and is, is actually, I don't know if to say disturbing, but it's a little bit disgusting and interesting and, and, and unnerving, I guess I would say. The thing I was really struck by, though, was the character of rose and how she's played as the pathologist and as the person who's doing these experiments and we kind of find the depths of which she'll go for these experiments and what she'll do to make these things happen they really capture kind of that almost like a sociopath person that has found a a role in life that is acceptable for their sociopathy you know what i'm saying like so she is the kind of person (laughs) there's a great scene early on where and we won't say why this happens exactly, but there's a scene early on where the guy's hitting her on her, on her in a bar, you know, and she's like, you know, whatever. She's very stern, very not a smiley kind of person. And she just looks at him and she's like, you know, brushing him off. And then she says, hmm. And then she turns and says, would you like me to go masturbate you in the bathroom? And he's like, um, okay. <laughs> and then in the way she does it and the no, way it happens no, no, is so, is so mechanical. And to, and to the point that it ends with her giving him an unknown blood test <laughs> and he doesn't know what's ha- going to happen. That's kind of her methodology throughout this movie. She's just like, I-, I need to get from point A to point B. Okay. Is that a ethical thing? I don't care. I need to get to point B. And when she gets to point B, she kind of looks at it and goes like, Hmm, how, how are we going to do this? So how is this working out? Oh, this is a human being? I don't care if it's a human being. How, how is this working? Is this working okay? Hmm. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting stuff there. And then you combine that with the the unending love of a mother who just wants to keep her daughter. It's a pretty great dynamic for a simple movie like this. So Yeah, and it's a mother who's a nurse. She's overworked. She's busy. Yeah. And there are time and she just feels guilt and neglect over her daughter's death because yep. yeah, it's one of the, it's a very interesting interplay to see these women work together to try to keep this reanimated corpse alive or this being alive or whatever it turns out to be. And then you see their their arc throughout the, the journey of that story. Very interesting stuff. Eric Holmes, what do you think? So last week we covered Aporia, uh, about time traveler, a uh, woman wanting to go back in time and save her, save her husband, and then all the problems that come with that. This has a lot of similar themes to it. It's, uh, hey, cool, we can prevent death. Isn't that great? And it's like, well, what do you have to do to make that happen? And then therein lies the conflict. This was also really good. Love Judy Reyes and uh, Martin Island. Uh, Marin Island. Yeah. 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 I got, uh, shoot, I can't remember her name. I got uh, vibes from, got in trouble for being nominated for an Oscar. Oh, um, Riceboro. Riseboro, yeah, I got a guy Andrea Rise like heavy Andrea Riseboro vibes from her. I didn't see her as a sociopath though. I saw her as someone that's been working on this thing for so long, and she knows it's important, but then she can't just do it. She has to balance it with her job. I think in her job, she doesn't get much sleep anyway, and so her downtime when she should be sleeping, she's working on this thing, and I I just think she's worn out. And then when all the stuff in the movie happens. Uh, once Judy Reyes comes into the picture, she just gets even more, more tired and more, more angry at everything just because, you know, she's just wore out. But I, I do love the theme of death is part of life. And sometimes it, as hard as it is, you just got to let it go. Because if you're given this magic potion to bring something back to life, there's always a trade off for it. 
both in this and Aporia, you know, the characters, their love for their fallen ones, or in Rose's case, just wanting to prevent death in general. Yeah, it's not the way to go. Sometimes you just got to let nature take its course and do the thing. And as much as it sucks to say, as much as it hurts, that's probably the way to go. And plus, who wants to live forever? Because you're going to experience the heat death of the universe, and then it gets really boring after that. No one wants that. Yeah, I, I was also really, I, I don't know what the budget was for this, but it's shot in enclosed spaces, right? And it's still very interestingly shot. Keeps you, doesn't really, didn't really, I felt like the world was open, even though a lot of it was claustrophobic. So there's there was a lot of things to explore. I thought as a feature directing debut for Laura Moss, I thought that just high marks all around. We're not going to talk about the ending, but I thought the ending was very moving and very surprising. I don't know. I was surprised by the ending and I really liked where the characters went. So it's memorable, memorable stuff all around. Final thoughts before we get to ratings, uh, Bruce or Eric, any final kind of, kind of thing about Bob's? I, I will a thousand percent agree with you on the ending and especially the last shot. Also before the stuff that happens before that, like the, this, the characters in this just go in a complete downward, downward spiral, especially, uh, Sully's character, uh, mm-hmm. Judy Reyes's character, like just kind of, uh, okay, we'll do this thing, seem timeless enough. And as they do more and more, she starts moving her morals to the side to save her daughter. And it's, yeah, that, that ending was, that ending was really hard to watch. And then her performance of, well, I'm saying too much, but ending's really good. <laughs> ending's really good. Really, really good. We also have to mention on the, sorry, Eric, about that. Uh, we also have to mention on the plot synopsis. It is a reimagination of Mary Shelley's classic horror novel Frankenstein, which I'm, I'm sure you're, you're a fan of. Yeah, Eric Holmes. yeah I, I didn't see. I didn't see that as like a remake, but just kind of a reanimation. Yeah, I, like it's very, very loose. Yeah. Oh, it's also like elements. The uh, speaking of that, angry black girl and her monster. Yes. This would make a great double feature with this because they're wildly different movies, but they all yep. deal with kind of the same. So triple feature, angry black girl and their monster, birth, rebirth, and Aporia. Just do a triple feature and you get like the whole cross section of that whole moral tale. Of it might be a little sometimes... heavy though. <laughs> you might want to just well, put angry black girl and her monster in the middle. So start with birth, rebirth, angry black girl and her monster kind of bring you down again. Then watch Aporia and then finish it off with Batman and Robin to just completely get your mind out of all gremlins or something. <laughs> there you go. Well, very cool. So let's get to ratings for this wonderful movie, Birth Rebirth. So let's start off with you, Bruce Perky on. Um, I'm going to go four and a half on this one. It's very, very good, though. Very good. Yeah, I agree with Bruce Perky. I'm giving it four and a half stars for Birth Rebirth. Eric Holmes, can I can you know, I guess your rating? Can I guess your rating right now? Sure. Five stars from Eric Holmes. Yeah, it's banger season, baby. <laughs> banger season from Eric Holmes. You know, actually, Eric Holmes, when he said it's banger season in a month and a half ago, I was a little bit, uh, I don't think so, Eric. I think you're wrong on that, but. Maybe it's, it's just it. a banger year. It's, maybe it's just a banger year. There's some really great stuff. Uh, I don't know. T-shirts coming soon on finderfilmpodcast.com. It's banger season. <laughs> I love that. That's a great idea. It's banger season. Finderfilmpodcast.com. Check us out for our merch. Now let's go to our recommendations. We have a whole bunch of recommendations. That's a great thing with having two features, guys. Hey, Bruce and Eric, here's the thing. I said, we're going to have less features every week. We're getting into the inside baseball. Instead of covering five or six featured movies, that would give us like maybe a 20-minute podcast and we're out of here. But what does Bruce and, and, and Eric do? They add 
five or six movies for a recommendation. I'm going to actually yield the floor to Bruce Porky. What do you want to talk about next for for recommendations for cinematics? Um, I guess we'll save the box at the end because you got to play the sounder before the box movie. So we'll um, let's I'll go quick. First of I. A couple weeks ago, I watched The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the Fincher version. I think it's 2009 or 11. I forget. I didn't, I wrote yeah. it down here somewhere. Somewhere. Okay. 2011. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. Daniel Craig, Rooney Mara, directed by David Fincher, Christopher Plummer, Stellan Starsgard, a whole bunch of people. And it's a rewatch for me, but I hadn't seen it since the time. And I know most people consider it kind of a, a, a pale imitation of the original, which it, it may be still lesser than the original with, uh, Numi Rapace, I believe. But I think this kind of also gets unfairly kind of lost in Fincher's pantheon. And I think if you're looking at his kind of his crime movies, you know, thinking of Seven and Zodiac, I think this is a great triple feature if you want to kind of stay in that kind of zone. And I think this movie is, it ages really, really, really well. And it's very, very faithful to the book as well. And the reason I watched it with my son is my oldest son is working his way through the the books and he read the book and he said, let's check it out. And I had bought a Blu-ray of it. It's an excellent movie. So if you haven't watched it or you've only watched the original and you've never watched the Fincher version, uh, or if you watched it like I did back when it came out, you might give it a retry. It's, it's, it holds up extremely well. Did your son see both versions? He hasn't yet, but he's gonna, he's gonna go watch the other one as well. Mm. So what do you think, you, which version do you think he'll prefer? I don't know. He's pretty open. He's open to it being, um, you know, uh, international features. He doesn't not against that. So he, I don't know. It just kind of depends on your your mood. I, I kind of like the steely grayness of the Fincher version, which is kind of his thing. You know, I really, I think Daniel Craig would be maybe the weak link between the two versions. But I love Numi Rapace in this. She's she's not Numi Rapace, but um, Rooney Mara. Rooney Mara. Thank you. No <laughs> too many too many odd names in my brain at the same time. <laughs> so yes, that's uh, that's an excellent movie. If you haven't checked it out, go check yeah. it out again. Okay, cool. So that's wait, what is this? It was like a four star kind of thing for you. Uh, I think it's four and a half for me. I four and a half for you. It's just it's really really stellar. It's really good. Yeah, I haven't seen it since it came out, and I remember I remember really enjoying it. But then I thought to myself, what's the point? Why, why did he remake this when the original was so good and it was so close in years? Maybe I should rewatch it, and maybe I will find out what the point is. I think the point is Fincher is an amazing director, so it looks good. I mean. Did you find it? So, I mean, it still stands on, stands on its own, right, Bruce? As far as yeah, I think it is, there is somewhat of a, a what is the point kind of thing to it. But I think if you forget that part of it and just say like, how does this stand as a movie, and how does it stand as a Fincher movie? I think it holds up really, really well. So okay. one of the weird things about the original was when I saw the original Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, I was like, wow, this director really likes David Fincher. <laughs> Because the, the original already kind of looked like a David Fincher movie. And then when I heard David Fincher was remaking it, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but, Did uh, you do a rewatch? Did you rewatch no, it? No, but I, I've seen it a couple of times. The, the, when I saw this in theater, I remember the opening titles were freaking awesome. And then movie never left. <laughs> movie for me never really lived up to the opening titles. I think I've seen the movie probably four or five times. I've seen the opening titles upwards like 30 times like i'll yeah, go I'll, I'll, once in a while i'll just go on youtube and watch, just watch that opening title sequence because it's one of the best wait so then you really enjoy the original and then you thought that you didn't think the remake was a little bit disappointing no I, I i like both of them, both of them. I, but right. when i saw the original it felt like a david fincher, david fincher movie already right. so when i heard that david fincher was doing the remake it, it didn't make sense to me i was like someone already did the david fincher version originally 
and now David Fincher. It, it just seemed it, it was a weird kind of confluence of things. Yeah. Did you do you agree with Bruce's rating? Is it as high as far as the rating goes for four and a half for you? I'd probably go lower, probably four stars, but that's a four star David Fincher movie, which is like a six point nine star or anyone else. <laughs> okay. That's fair. That's fair. So that's four stars for Eric Holmes for the girl with the dragon tattoo. And then on the rewatch, Bruce Perky is giving it four and a half stars. I'm assuming his son probably gave it four and a half stars as well. If he was in the ratings game, we're going to be talking about sons pretty soon towards the end of this episode. Also, Eric went to the theaters over the weekend for, what did you see? Did you see va- uh, what Dracula vampires on a ship? What is, what is it? Yes, what is this movie? Last voyage of the Demeter. Demeter. Okay. It's basically based off a of chapter seven of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, I'm not sure how many pages it is. The The chapter is very short and they just kind of, uh, it's short and it's not very detailed. Apparently, Andre Overdahl decided, hey, we're going to make a, we're, we're just going to take this little slice of Dracula and make a full, you know, kind of expand it out and make a full movie of it. Let, let's see what happened on the Demeter. And I. Wait, Eric, are you a. Overdahl fan. I'm looking at his his IMDb. It seems like he's a like troll. I'm looking at, like troll hunter. The autopsy of Jane Doe and Immortal. I don't know about scary. scary I thought story. I saw autopsy of Jane Doe, but I think I'm confusing that with the uh, Emily wrote the exorcism of Emily wrote. Mm-hmm. Is that the one where uh, she's like possessed and then it becomes a courtroom drama? I don't. I no th- autopsy of Jane of Jane Doe is uh, it's um. I can't remember his name now. Uh, so the, so speed, the one speed I, racer and he, and uh, the dude from Succession, I believe, and they're cutting him, cutting up the corpse, and they're they finding out mysteries okay. as they cut up the corpse. It's very okay. I, I I didn't see that, but I, I get that. And the, so I must be thinking of the Exorcism of Emily Rosen. Okay, because I, I I get the titles mixed up. But either way, no, th- this one I I've been seeing people online is not doing very well at the box office. People are not liking it, but I did. <laughs> I love the hell out of this movie. I, I love the concept of, uh, hey, we're going to take a, because the, the book Dracula is basically just written in notes back and forth and logs and journals and so on and so forth. I like the idea of just like taking little bits of it, little interesting bits and kind of expanding it into a full movie. Like they try to do the uh, the dark universe or whatever. We're going to take Dracula and Frankenstein and in uh invisible man and mash him up and make a marvel universe like bram stoker's dracula is already there it kind of works as an anthology anyway so just taking like little bits and then just kind of expanding them out is pretty great idea and i thought this was really good um and it stars Corey hawkins from survive which is uh cool yeah yeah and uh anderson's buddy the small chin okay yeah he's in it yeah this plus vampires Eric, where is the divide? You said some people or a lot of people did not enjoy the last voyage of, how would you say, Demeter or Demeter? Demeter. Demeter? I'm, Demeter? I'm going by the audiobook because the guy reading the audiobooks is a kid, but a lot of people okay. say Demeter. I did okay. up until I heard the audiobook, so I'm like, okay. I guess that's how you say where, it. I, so what, are, what did you see that other people did not as far as that divide between the reactions, your positive and their negative? I think, well, for one, I'm already in the bag for vampire movies. And much like I am for like courtroom dramas, it's like someone could watch like Charlie Chicago seven. This movie sucks. I'm like, I, that's catnip for me. Same, same deal with the uh, uh, vampires. And this one had kind of like that, the old Gothic uh, kind of reminded me of like a, maybe like a Guillermo del Toro type movie kind of had uh-huh. that kind of flavor to it. The, the Gothic flavor. And it wasn't when it gets 
towards the end is like when Dracula really starts going nuts. And, and by the way, his creature design, he's like just this giant bat looking thing looks awesome. But towards the end is when it starts getting really bloody and like really violent, but everything leading up to it is just kind of like, maybe it went slow for people. I don't know, but I got like a, a sense of dread because I know, and like, I'm already familiar with the story. So everyone that goes on that boat, I'm like, yep, you're dead. You're dead. You're dead. You're all dead. <laughs> <laughs> Every last one of you. Yeah. Little kid. Oh, maybe, maybe the kid was and Eric. I, that I, is a several hundred year spoiler you're throwing down right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, actually not exactly because so there are a couple changes to the ending that is different than the book. Uh, one of the biggest endings is in the book. You got the captain and he says like first met, like no one really has names and they just kind of disappear and no one really knows why this one they're like, well, first mate disappeared. Let's create a scene to show what Dracula may have done to him that they, you know, left out of the book. So there's a lot of that. Maybe people are not happy about it, but I mean, this is an adaptation. And I think if you're going to do an adaptation, especially if like, I don't know how many pages this chapter is, maybe five, 10, something like that. Like that's not enough for a movie, but there's like so much like uh, in the book, there's so much that it kind of alludes to and doesn't explicitly say. So it was cool that they were able to kind of pull ideas and scenes and create scenes out of that. Well, let's get Bruce Perky to the theaters this weekend to go see The Last Voyage of the Demeter because a couple of things. Stars, I don't know how to pronounce her name, so I, pro- I apologize. Stars Eiling or Aisling Franciosi, and she was the lead in The Nightingale. Bruce, he was the lead in the Nightingale. Love that movie. Did you see the Nightingale, Eric Holmes? You would love the Nightingale. I don't think so. Okay, I don't think so. It's a great movie. And though, if you saw it, you would remember. I got old man brains, though. I I forgot that I interviewed someone. That's by by Kent, the Babadook director. Yeah, but it's not like the Babadook. I don't think you like the Babadook. No, I didn't really like the Babadook. I should probably revisit that because, like, sometimes there's like movies where it's like I don't like it but everyone else does. And then you go back and revisit it and like, all right, maybe I was in a bad mood or something. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah. Just kind of like how me and Bruce were championing, championing like about a couple of years ago, we were saying how great don't look up was got nominated for best picture. Exactly. And, and I finally came so around. Good. I finally came around on it. <laughs> okay. So well, that was the joke folks. He, he, Eric Owens is a huge champion of that film. Speaking of champions, it stars uh, this movie also stars Woody Norman. I'm looking at IMDb. He plays Toby. Woody Norman is a young kid. You, you saw him recently, Bruce, in that masterpiece called Cobweb. So that, that if that doesn't get you out to the theaters, then no. Okay. Oh, know, that's no, a, that's the no same comments from, from Bruce on Cobweb. Yeah, you know what? Bruce is doing this radio silence on Cobweb when I whenever I throw Cobweb on it. Okay, he just he just goes silent. This is not good. This is not good. So if you're <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, okay, go down yeah. in the comments. Or if you're on a Cinemax Facebook page, uh, this is a serious question. I'm not giving you shit. Crap. It's family <laughs> no, no, show. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, fine. You're, but you're good. I, like, I love Last Voyage of the Demeter and people oh. hate it, but I hated Cobweb and people love it. And there, there's a disconnect between me and like the general consensus with these type of movies. And I don't quite know what it is, but if you can explain it to me, please do. I'm happy to be wrong, but. I can't Thank help you. it. I, I, I love Last Voyage of the Dem- Demeter. The Demeter. Thank you, Eric Holmes. What is your rating on the Last Voyage or last the the Last Voyage of the Demeter? What is your? I'm giving rating? it four stars now. Oh. This could go up. Okay. I, I think I'm wondering if, like, in 15 years, if like you know, because this movie is getting kind of panned right now. I wonder okay. if in 15 years people people will rediscover and go, you know, why did people 
Why did people hate that? That movie was rad, but maybe not. I I don't know. Okay, well, maybe give The Last Voyage of the Demeter a, sh- a shot this weekend in theaters. I don't know if Bruce Perky's going to go, but listeners, maybe you should, if you're into Bram Stoker's Dracula, that little chapter, you might enjoy it. And, and uh, Eric gave it four stars. And speaking of disconnect, I'm glad you were very, you were being very democratic on Cobweb, Eric Holmes. Bruce Perky, final thoughts before we go into your other pick or recommendation this week. What's the big disconnect from Cobweb being some people are not liking the movie and some people like me are saying it's a Citizen Kane of horror films? Do you any comments on that? Or <laughs> Well, I, it is the Citizen wrong. Kane of horror films. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, no, no. Don't supply me that sound. Equally good. <laughs> Equally good. Okay. Now you're, now you're off the deep end, Bruce Perky. Okay. Now, what, what, it's your turn, Bruce. What you, you, oh, you saw, you saw an interesting movie on Prime. It's on Prime. Prime video. Yeah. I do not want to see this. It does it got mixed reviews. Should I see it? Um, I finally got around to watching uh, Bones and All. That's now free on Prime. I actually literally just watched it today. Um, oh my gosh! I have to. If I have to don't look at his name, I never say it. Luca Guadagnino. Guadagnino. Thank you. Guadagnino. Okay. Well, that yes. Uh, Bones and All <laughs> stars Taylor Russell as Marin and Timothy Chalamet as Lee. And Mark Rylance as Sully. Yeah, this is kind of a take on the vampire. I don't know if you ever saw this, Eric. It, it's kind of a version of vampirism. And instead of vampirism, the uh, people in this uh, eat other people. Uh, so it's kind of like cannibalism, but kind of like vampirism. They don't have to have it to survive, but they kind of are driven to do it every so often. It just kind of follows the main character of Marin, uh, and she's living with her father. And you could tell they just kind of live a vagabond lifestyle because every so often she must act out and they have to quickly move away. So they live in very um, temporary kind of houses, housings and stuff. So in the very beginning, you see what happens is she gets invited to a friend's like a slumber party. She's talking to her friend in the slumber party, and you think they're almost going to have a romantic moment. And they're kind of laying there next to each other and they're talking and she reaches over and you think she's going to kiss the other girl and then instead she grabs her finger and basically almost gnaws it off in front of the other friends at the at the summer party. And of course, all hell breaks loose. She runs away and, and has to move out of town with her dad. Uh, very quickly, her father basically leaves her on her own because he can't live the lifestyle anymore. And she is really on her own in the world with this, I guess you would call, it's not conditioned necessarily, but with this state of being. And uh, the rest of the movie kind of becomes this kind of road trip where she's trying to find her mother, trying to kind of find out how to live a life like this. Uh, And she ends up meeting up with the Timothy Chalamet character along the way. And she also meets up with the Mark Rylance character along the way. And Mark Rylance is a superbly creepy, hammy role, but hammy in great ways. And he's just absolutely creepy villain in this movie. The drawbacks to this movie for some people will be it also has very great practical effects and it's disgustingly graphic at certain points. It's it it could be even bloodier, but the way it's done is very visceral and I think for a lot of people that would be a huge turnoff. And also it has a very very languid pace. So if you're not into this kind of road movie romance with peaks of cannibalism, <laughs> I guess this might not be for a lot of people. Uh, I, I ended up quite enjoying it. Um, it's only probably a four-star movie for me. It doesn't quite hit the whole heights, and it probably is a little bit more meandering than it needs to be. I could have probably cut another 20 minutes out of it and made it just perfect, but it had a lot going for it. So I think for people who are a little adventurous and who like that kind of style, and especially who people who like kind of 
vampire-like sort of stories, they might find some some really interesting stuff here. Bruce, do you have an idea of why the director wanted to do this movie? Because, you know, obviously to work once again with Timothy Chalamet from Call Me By Your Name, but what what do you think attracted him to this project? Just from what you watched, did you see that? Well, it's got a lot of stuff going on in here. I mean, it was really getting a lot into the morality and like how I think you could probably find a lot of parallels in other aspects of life. If you want to, you could find the, you know, the analogs for regular life. Like when, you know, maybe it's an analog for meat eating. I don't know what it is exactly. It doesn't addiction maybe or maybe addiction, but it has a lot to do with like, Hey, they have to kill things, but how do they do it in a way that they can morally kind of live with? And how do they live in a world where this is what they are and they're driven to do this? So I think there's a lot there interesting morally going on. And I think he's playing with that and also playing with just kind of Americana and uh, kind of living on the edges of society. A lot lot of stuff there if you want to look for it. Uh, But as as far as just a a road trip romance, thrillery, horror-y kind of movie, it, it works on that level too, I think. So Okay, so that's a good thing. That's four stars from Bruce Perky mm-hmm. for Bones and All, directed again by Luca Eric Holmes. Can you pronounce the last name? You sounded really good pronouncing it. Guadagnino. Very good. Guadagnino. And it's starring Timothy Chalamet, Taylor Russell, Mark Rylands, currently, as of this recording, streaming for free. Hopefully, if you have Prime Video on Prime, it's streaming on Prime Video. So that's a good thing. And, you know, Eric talked I, about vampirism and vampires being catnip for him. I think. This deserves a rewind from Eric Holmes next week. Yes, yeah. Eric Holmes. Well, first of all, I believe it's not Timothy Chalamet. It's Ch- Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> oh. Chalamet. Chalamet. Uh, th- this is, I, I, I'm actually glad you mentioned this one because this is one I meant to get back to. And I keep forgetting about it. So now that's on Prime for free, I'll go check it out this week. And since we're comparing it to things, I think uh, in tone and feel, I think this is most closely related to something like Near Dark. Nice. Like, okay. Like kind of this, because Near Dark was a whole idea of this kind of found family of vampires and how they had to kind of just live on the edge of society and it was dangerous and weird. And and that one's much more action-packed and probably a better movie overall, but it kind of gets into those vibes. Okay. So that is very cool. Now, before we go to our, yeah, I think we have a box movie coming up right now. Oh, wait, no, no. We have two more things. Elephants. Yes. Is that is that how you pronounce it? Or is it just straight up elephant or elephant? <laughs> I say elephant. It's <laughs> elephant. Elephant. So this is elephant. It's 1989. It's a short suggested by whom? Eric Holmes? Uh, yeah. Or Go Bruce? Ahead, Eric. Oh, it was, uh, it was one of the directors of Deadshot. Okay, cool. So that is it. That is uh And Bruce, you decided to actually watch that extra short. Was it a long short? Is it worth watching? Yeah. And I think Eric watched it too. I was going to put it in the box and I thought, what the heck? Let's just watch this movie. It sounds interesting and weird. It's directed by Alan Clark. Joseph Bridges went on a whole thing about all the great Alan Clark movies. I know Alan Clark from This Is Britain, but he's also made a ton of other interesting movies. And a lot of his movies kind of go under the radar because they appeared as television movies in the BBC. So people don't consider them, you know, a lot of you hear that, you don't consider them movie movies, but they really are movies. <laughs> and these are pretty experimental and pretty, pretty daring in a lot of ways. This one's very experimental. It's about 37 minutes, if I remember correctly. And it's supposed to basically be kind of a, an experimental take on 
the morality of the Troubles, which the Troubles is being the basically the war between Britain and Ireland, especially during the 70s and early 80s, the bombings and all the killings, and, you know, lots of stuff. What this movie does is very interesting and very probably hard for people to get into and it's off-putting is that it is experimental in the set. And this was also probably inspiring to Gus Van Sant's Elephant. And the reason why immediately is the way it's shot. So the very first thing you see in this movie is you see a person you're kind of following them from behind. You're walking with them a single shot. They're going into some kind of a building. You don't know where they're going. They're walking around. They're looking in doors. It's like a, uh, it looks like it's a, a pool and a, maybe a athletic facility. And they finally find a person in a room. They don't say anything. They pull out a gun. They shoot the person dead. They walk away. And then you linger on the dead person for much longer than you think you would. You linger on them for, I don't know, uh, 30 seconds instead of just a few seconds. And then it cuts to the next scene. And the next scene is two different people encountering each other. And you're, every scene is following somebody or several people into a location, an unknown location. You don't know who the people are. You don't know if they're Irish. You don't know if they're British. You don't know what their affiliation is. You don't know. All you know is that people are going to encounter somebody else. And either the person you're following is going to kill somebody or the person you're following is going to be killed. And then you're going to leave the scene and you're going to go to the next one. It's striking it's disturbing and eventually it becomes almost tedious because it's just the same thing. And I think the fact that it becomes tedious is part of the point too, because the fact is that this became kind of like our Vietnam for them on the news every night was another killing, another bombing, another shooting. And it became just fodder for the news as opposed to actual humanity and endless violence. Uh, mm -hmm. This is a pretty interesting a pretty interesting thing that I had never even heard of until these directors talked about it. And I'd be curious to see how Eric took this. Yeah. The, the, yeah. This was really good. It's weird because this would be like one of those, like you watch the first scene, I guess. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much the entire thing. It's just that over and over and over again, not the exact same scene, but that exact same setup just over and over again. And you could, this would be one of those things that like watch the first scene, you'll get it. I don't think you will, because as Bruce said, watching it over and over and almost getting bored with it is you don't get that without, you know, watching the whole thing. And it's weird that this was only like, a, like just over a half hour long. It felt longer. That's not an indictment of the movie. That's kind of, uh, you know, it's you know, what the point, you, right. It's, the you point know, it. the only thing you don't know what's coming also like Bruce, I mean, Bruce has nailed it. So just listen to him again, instead of, me. <laughs> but, uh, the only thing you don't know what's coming up is who's going to get shot. And then the, the last one they had, uh, they, they somehow even like did a twist on, did a twist on that one compared to the, the previous ones. Cause you got the two people. Well, I probably shouldn't say what that is. It's only a half hour. I don't want to spoil it, but, uh, yeah, this is, what did I say? Cause I, I watched it like just before we started. What did I say? Like, well, that was a thing. And yeah. that's, that's about the best I can put it. It's, it's very, uh, great recommendation for sure. It's striking until it gets boring. And then once it gets boring, it's like, oh my God, am I a monster? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So that is Elephant, short from 1989, recommended by one of the guard brothers. I don't know specifically which guard brother recommended it. That's on me. Now, Eric Holmes, what is your rating on Elephant? I mean, five. Uh, they, they they got done in a half hour it usually takes people a full movie <laughs> or sometimes a whole tv series to get across bruce perky what is your rating on elephant 
Yeah, I'll go 5-2 with the caveat that this is experimental filmmaking. You can listen to us. This isn't going to be for everybody at all. But if, if it sounds interesting and unique to you, which it did even when they talked about it, and especially if you liked Gus Van Sant's Elephant, go watch this because it's very fascinating as far as a historical kind of a inspirational piece as well. So it's good. It's good stuff. Okay, so that's that uh, Elephant is not in the box because Bruce and Eric re- uh, actually did the review. The other guard brother actually recommended a movie bruce brookie do you remember what movie that other guard brother recommended i wrote it down and i forget uh what it was eric, eric holmes what was it what was the other guard brother recommendation i don't remember i got old man brains okay the movie you're, you're is, gonna say it and be like yep there the it is, movie but... that the other guard brother recommended is called walkabout i know there you bruce, go bruce i yes. know we did that a couple of years ago but i think the statue of limitations uh, you i think i wouldn't mind re-watching walkabout if you can actually put it on the box as well I love and about evil greg did a little troll on eric holmes a couple of days ago Do you did you see what i did eric holmes no oh you didn't see you didn't see the thread I, oh, oh i did i i, I think the I common thread here is my brain doesn't hold information for very long so what happened was and, and i'm not gonna get into this we're gonna end the show pretty soon but anyways because we have to get to the the, the actual box but Evil Greg, what what I did was Eric Holmes during the interview with the Guard Brothers. One of the Guard Brothers said he recommends Walkabout because it's a movie that really changed his life when he was eleven. And then Eric Holmes was saying, "Yeah, I think Bruce Perky is a, a big is is a big Rogue fan." And then what I did, Eric, since you didn't see the thread, was I went off on you on the on our message for about I don't know, Bruce. You read the whole uh, Ulysses Homer esque oh, yeah. kind of response. Yeah. You hear the ag- exasperation on Bruce's voice. He just basically, I was mentioning my own personal connection to just how much I love Nick Rogue. That was for your eyes, Eric Holmes. That was right. a, I, I guess it. you missed it. That was, that was me being a troll. But anyways, we're all Rogue fans. I'm going to say that right now. Anyways, Eric, Eric, Eric. Uh, Alan Clark, real quick. I just, I'm looking at his IMDb. Yes. Billy the Kid and the Green Bay's Vampire made that in 1985. So. This, this is a vampire episode. Enjoy. <laughs> Enjoy <laughs> the vampire. Well, let's see. Speaking of bloodsuckers, Matilda the Musical, is that a box movie? Bruce Burke? It is. That's the but, box. Uh, that's in the box? Never oh, before we... My kid made me watch that y- one. Yes, your kid made you watch Matilda the Musical. And now, unfortunately, we're going to have to... Uh, Peter Beta, yet again, is going to make us uh, listen to his contraptions of music. He and his brethren over at the middle class film class... Eric Holmes, what does Peanut Beta do every week? What does he do? Uh, we've had a pretty rough uh, episode, so Pete, you just softly bring in that beat. Remove your hand from the box, and you die. What's in the box? Thank you, Eric Holmes. Most importantly, thank you, Peter Beta, for that wonderful drop. Speaking of drops, Matilda the Musical, Bloodsucking, Vampire, Vampiric, <laughs> Mesmeric. What is it? Is or is it just ick? Is it just ick? Matilda the Musical. <laughs> Take it. Take it well, away. this is my 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 son likes to try to torment me by putting movies in the box. He's given me a Bobbleheads the movie. I believe that was one of them <laughs> that he put in there. He gave me Matilda the Musical. Um, can uh, I get is... your son's phone number? Because I'm going to reach. I'm going to make him put cobweb in there. Just. just <laughs> <laughs> uh on netflix uh directed by matthew warchus i don't know how to say it exactly mm. um until this played by alicia weir 
uh, Agatha Trenchbull, which is like the evil, I don't know, evil stepmother that runs the the school there, uh, is played by Emma Thompson in Unrecognizable. If you've not seen Emma Thompson in uh, Matilda the Musical, just look it up and see what she looks like in that. It's it's quite something. And there's Lashana Lynch playing Miss Honey and Andrea Riseborough from last year, also in this movie as one of Matilda's parents. So Andrea was on fire last year. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah. This is a pretty awesome movie, actually. (laughs) I disappointed my son by enjoying the hell out of this movie. I don't know the Matilda story. So for me, I got the extra bonus of of watching Matilda. So I'd never seen Matilda. I didn't know the story at all. And I enjoyed it quite quite a bit. I think this kind of falls into that kind of middle ground somewhere between a Paddington type of movie. This kind of very bright musical imaginative set pieces, but then also with the, the, the cruel edge of Roald Dahl, you know, which of course is a Roald Dahl story. So you've got these things like, uh, you know, uh, the evil head of the school, she doesn't like the one kid and, and he's in trouble because he ate a piece of her chocolate cake. So she forces him to eat the entire chocolate cake in front of everybody. And while he does, they sing a song because his name is Bruce. There's a whole song about Bruce eating the chocolate cake, which was pretty Get great. And at one point, <laughs> at one point, he even spells his name B-R-O-O-C-E. And I was like, oh, that's that's pretty fantastic because at work I spell my name that way with two eyeballs. Uh, yeah, two googly <laughs> eyes on my name badge. Anyway, I had a ton of fun with this movie. I think if you are even slightly musical oriented and you like the, the Roald Dahl aesthetic, especially kind of the original Willy Wonka, that kind of thing where it's like you've got the brightness, you've got the activity, you've got the dancing, you've got the cruelty. It's kind of got all those things you'd want in those movies. And I I thought it was pretty fantastic. And, and it's weird. You never saw the Danny DeVito directed film from your I have back. not. I have okay. not. That'll be interesting once again, if we ever have time to see, for you to see Matilda, because that's a movie when it came out. I even did the press junket, okay, for that. I'm so old. Okay, so if you think you're old, Eric, I'm very old. I did that press checking for Matilda. Love that movie. Came out, it bombed. But over the years, Matilda has become really popular, not just for the state, not for the stage stuff, but just for the the movie itself. And now that's probably why I haven't seen Matilda the musical. But since it stars Andrea Riseborough, I might do that. So <laughs> really, and, <laughs> Emma Thompson is the, what you come for in this movie. I'm telling okay. you. Okay, that's very cool. And it's directed by Matthew Warchus, and this is sort of a name drop memory that I just I looked at his IMDb one of his nine one of his movies he his featured directing debut is a 1999 film called Simpatico Simpatico when it came out in 99 stars Sharon Stone I believe it stars Jeff Bridges possibly I'm going to look it up right now yeah I think it's one of these movies that people have never seen very few people have seen it and yeah Jeff Bridges is in it Nick Nolte's in Simpatico and Sharon Stone I remember interviewing Sharon Stone I think it was for either I don't know, it might be the Mighty or one other film, but she was talking about how brilliant Matthew Warchus is. And that was 25, 26 years ago before the release of Simpatico. So yeah, to your point, Bruce, you love the mu- movie. So obviously Matthew Warchus must be a very interesting filmmaker. Can't wait to see Matilda, the musical. I don't know about you, Eric Holmes. You watch a lot of movies, but does it seem like <laughs> a musical? I, I don't think that might be in your purview. What do you think, Eric? Uh, is there a vampire in it? I, I say yes. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> then I'll watch it. <laughs> okay, so that is we are done with our box there, movie. There's a vampire yeah. and it's on trial. Oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, oh, wait, wait. Before you do that, you know who has to take a sample first, right? For going back to what the movies we recovered. So, Matilda the Musical. What is your rating on it, Bruce Perky? Uh, considering I was thinking I was going to hate this movie, I'll give it four stars for just 
just surprising me and being a ton of fun and for annoying that my kid that I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very, very good. So uh, yeah, your son's very annoyed about that. Well, I'm glad, glad for that recommendation for, for your son. I, I'm going to definitely watch that movie for next week. So we're, we're going to close our show before we close the show. We have coming soon, meaning what's also playing on this Friday and then playing for next week. This is a segment spearheaded by Eric Holmes. I'm going to submarine this segment very quickly though, because opening on Friday are two films. Eric, you're going to take that other film it's called the moon, but I'm going to take this movie called The Monkey King. I'm looking at what Eric Holmes wrote, and there's a reason why I'm taking it, Eric Holmes. All right. So it's, quote, a monkey born from Heavenly Stone, from Heavenly Stone, acquires supernatural powers and must battle the armies of gods and demons to find his place in the heavens. The Monkey King is an animated film opening Friday, this Friday, August 18th on Netflix. The reason why I'm submarining this for you, Eric Holmes, helping you out with the segment, is I have an early access on Netflix. I'm going to oh, watch sweet. it, review it on YouTube. Saved you and Bruce the time because we have to. This is one of these things we're saving each other time because all of us don't have to watch 500 movies a week. I'm going to tell you guys how the Monkey King is later this week. I'll put it up on the YouTube channel as well for my review of the Monkey King. What else is opening on Friday, Eric Holmes? Another thing on Friday in limited release is from Wellgo USA. It's called The Moon. Watch the trailer. It looked like an action version of The Martian, but on the moon. Uh, looks a little silly, but. Silly's usually good. And Wellgo, they, they got, uh, like, sometimes they get, like, really, like, really legit good movies. And then sometimes they just get, like, this bonkers-ass, like, <laughs> like crazy movies. Stuff, yeah. This looks like it's going to be one of the bonkers ones, but they're, those are usually entertaining to watch as well. The following week, on August 25th, I, I won't go too much in the first three. We got The Dive in limited release. Golda, I'm not sure the release. And Our Father the Devil. Uh, we'll be covering those next week. But other right. things coming out is uh, Fremont in limited release, quirky black and white movie about an Afghan woman who makes fortune cookies and looking for love. That sounds very cool. Fremont limited. Wow. Oh, oh. Fr- uh, it's just called Fremont. It's limited release. Oh, Fremont limited. Yeah. It, Fremont limited theaters. Yeah. Um, so just called Fremont. Yeah. This is called okay. Fremont. Yeah, um, that sounds very interesting, actually. Yeah, I forgot to put a dash there. Uh, okay. The next one we got is The Hill. Looks like a inspiring baseball movie starring Dennis Quaid. Uh, maybe a, a sappy Field of Dreams type movie if you're kind of into those things. I, I can't remember the last time like one of those came out, but uh, and Dennis Quaid rarely does those family dramas, right? No, I'm, I'm just I'm talking kidding. about like the, the. I'm just talking about like the sappy baseball movie because like I I haven't. I can't remember the last time one of those came out, but it, it seemed like something I'd be in the mood for, especially after all this vampire drudgery. <laughs> oh my uh, God, that- Fremont looks so interesting. Bruce, I said we're only going to do two films a week. I think I might have to bump it up to seven next week. <laughs> Judging by the trailer, I think Bruce would hate it, but the, 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 it also might be a good uh, might be a good movie to watch it. Why would, come down why would Bruce hate Why would Corey, Bruce hate the- uh, why would he hate that Fremont trailer? It looks like a movie about humanity and the human condition. Bruce, are you? Uh, I guess you answered your question. There you go. Uh, oh, sorry. We, also, we also got White Bird set Nazi occupied France. Young Jewish girls hidden away by a boy and his family after her life is abruptly changed. Suddenly the boy she and her classmates once shun become her savior and best friend. Uh, we also have Bottoms in limited release. Two unpopular queer girls start a fight club to have sex before their high school graduation. And finally, we have Retribution, also in limited release, starring Liam Neeson. Follows a successful Wall Street executive. I suck at well, Liam Neeson. Follows a <laughs> successful Wall Street executive who discovers on his way to work that a bomb has been planted in his car by an unknown assailant. 
He is forced to follow a series of orders throughout the day or else the bomb will be detonated. This reminds me a lot of, I think it was Erie, Erie, Pennsylvania, Erie, Indiana. Okay. Uh, There was a guy that had like a neck bomb that he Mm -hmm. was, uh, Mm -hmm. he had to like uh, rob banks. Uh, Not the same story, but it seems like kind of the same, same sort of uh, setup as that. But it's Liam Neeson, so I'm sure that uh, he'll shoot a bunch of people and have a bunch of quick cut action scenes. Well, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, that's what's coming out August 25th. I'm a guilty pleasure. I'll watch any Liam Neeson film. That's just one of these action driven Liam Neeson films. I'm. Oh, are you? Do you feel yeah, the same way? Yeah, you I'll never know because with with him, it's like you get like you know certain ones like Taken that turn out to be really good, and then you get other ones like the one I forgot that we saw that was like kind of forgettable, <laughs> which is why I can't remember it. Uh, just right. even more than my normal forgetful brain. <laughs> How about you, Bruce? Are you a guilty pleasure for Liam Neeson movies or are there, you know, good? No, not at all. And wasn't the movie called something like that? Like he forgetting or forgotten or something? Wasn't he forget things? <laughs> wasn't Probably, that the point like, of the movie? <laughs> yeah, right. actually it might be. <laughs> that, that, that might be the, and, and by the way, that, that wasn't me being an ass. I, I actually forgot about it, but yeah. Okay, yeah, and we want also want to mention, like you said, Bottoms, which is in select theaters, August twenty fifth. I just want to share this. I I received an email regarding some of the people promoting Bottoms on MGM, I guess, in theaters, August twenty fifth. Here's the the plug line, the the sort of uh, get people in theaters, girls, gays, and days. Attention, grab your besties and buy your tickets for Bottoms now. Love the font on Bottoms. So who knows? It might be an interesting music by Charlie XCX. Is that how you say the name? And Leo Brinberg. Yeah, it sounds like. And one of the actresses is one of the girls from the main lead from uh, The Bear, that Hulu series, The Bear. So I don't know if you guys have seen The Bear on Hulu. Great, great series. So yeah. So a lot of interesting films coming out next week, this Friday. Vampires. We covered your you reanimated children. What else did we cover, Bruce? A little recap for this uh, episode. All, all different oh, things. Oh, uh... I wasn't that evil. Cannibals. Dragon tattoos. Elephants. Talking about Bruce. (laughs) Right, right. So that's it. And before we go, Bruce is going to shake something. Uh, Oh, yes. I do have to shake something. I forgot myself. (laughs) It's in the box. Thank you guys. Bruce was, Bruce was doing Greg's job this week by I forgetting was. about the box. <laughs> my, own, my own bit to myself. Props to Bruce Perkins oh, for rescheduling cool. his week for I, us. Thank you so I've much. I've been meaning to watch this movie ever yes, since. Peter Beta has been raving over this movie, and I think Eric might have actually watched it, but I haven't. And that is The Kid Detective. Oh, it, The Kid Detective. never got detective. around to watching The Kid Detective. So Eric Holmes it. has not seen it. That's because he has a quizzical look right now. Because, yes, Eric, you have not seen it, The Kid Detective. Okay. And that's a movie that I think, I don't know. I have a feeling that Bruce Brooks is really going to enjoy it. I don't know about Eric. It'll, do you like mystery movies, Eric I Holmes? Do. I do. Oh, okay. okay I was wrong. Right, right, actually, writing a murder mystery right now, so. That's personal there, stuff that you, you don't want to share. We don't want to share the opening. Set. Oh, I love, I love that. <laughs> you had your chance earlier in the show. <laughs> <laughs> How far are you onto your mystery novel? It's a uh, uh, screenplay. It's only 50 pages. No, I have not seen The Kid Detective. Only 50 pages in? That's a lot, Eric. You're halfway done. You're yeah, halfway, well, almost halfway yeah. done with it. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. You're keeping that secret away from me and Bruce and uh, everyone here over at uh, over at Find Your Film Movie Mainline Cinematics? What's going on here? Well, what, what, what's, what's going to happen is I'll finish the script uh-huh. and then I'll write another one. And then I'll finish that and then I'll write another one. And no one's allowed to read any. Actually, if you want to read any of them, just let me know. <laughs> you can read it and go, yeah, this sucks. This is good. This is where you need improvement. Whatever. 
Okay. And, ooh, also, by the way, and I've done this for a couple of people, including uh, Joe Russo, who we had on the show, because he, yeah, he, he gave me his, uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, maybe I did, but he gave me, he let script. me read the original script for uh, Hard Kill. Hard Kill. Yeah. Uh, it's called Open Source. Mm-hmm. And so, loved it. yeah, it was really good. And not at all like Hard Kill. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar to the new Mission Impossible movie. So, uh, I actually hit him up on a uh, message him on Twitter when Mission Impossible came on. The new Mission Impossible came on. It's like, hey, have you seen the new Mission Impossible? He's like, not yet. I'm like, you and Chris Lamont were pretty ahead of the curve on that one. He watched it, came back and was like, son of a bitch. Yes. <laughs> that is so funny. That is so funny. Okay. So, yeah, if you want to, I don't know what, send some scripts to Eric Holmes, maybe to go to hamslime at gmail.com. I don't yeah, know. I or- re- yeah. I love reading them. Hit me up on Facebook, Twitter whatever say hey yeah. can you read this and i probably will and then i don't know maybe who knows maybe you can, you can actually find bruce perky on letterbox i think your your profile bruce is just bruce perky you can find me right mm-hmm. bruce perky on, uh, yeah just find bruce perky on letterbox find me on letterbox i i don't know if i can't even spell my last name but just it's greg shrizavosti and then find eric you know eric holmes does not he likes to take the tide and i don't know not run i don't know he just says a little bit off uh, off center with with the uh, letterbox profile his letterbox profile what is your letterbox it's not eric holmes i was looking for eric holmes what is your uh, ham slime ham slime so ham and slime. there's three movies currently on it <laughs> so i don't know we'll we'll see what happens so- bruce is Bruce is the only one out of our trio who's actually diligent with Letterbox. So if actually out of us three, probably don't follow me or Eric. Go go to Bruce Perky. Follow, give him a follow. Give Bruce Perky an email too if you want some more movies in the box per your rec- recommendations. Give him some movie recommendations to uh, check it out if he gets it. He he know who knows and put your name there. Maybe he'll also mention who actually did the uh, the box recommend. Bruce Perky at gmail.com. Before we go, Eric Holmes, anything else you want to say? Plug every, everything? Shout out no, no, to yeah, I think yeah. we covered it. Uh, we're going to have to watch that Bones and All this week. Bones and All, and, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, My, and yeah, check out uh, check out Birth, Rebirth, Deadshot. Deadshot. Yeah. 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 Uh, d- a double feature, re- Birth, Rebirth with Aporia from last week. Banger season is not over because I have checked out one of the movies we'll be covering next week. So I'll just leave you with that little tease. And I'm going to leave you guys with this. Just go to findyourfilms.com for entertainment coverage. I have been, I've been saying this for the last couple of years. I, I've been doing work on the website. I'm trying to make it better, trying to make it good. But a lot of our stuff from cinematics and the occasional find your film stuff will be on our website, findyourfilms.com, trying to pretty it up. And that's where you're going to get our portal for just our, our, a lot of our podcast stuff. And then of course our cinematics Facebook group, you know, we have some really great members daily 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 stuff and shout out to cobweb that's i'm gonna say that before <laughs> bruce Berkey. final thoughts uh, i have a final recommendation and a riddle for greg the final recommendation is we mentioned it a little briefly before but i would like to reiterate if you haven't seen it uh the andre overdahl movie the autopsy of jane doe is excellent and it has brian cox and emile hirsch so that's something you might want to go check it out it's really really good like kind of a did I won't say anything it? about it. Did you cover I it? I, I don't think I ever did. I think it was before we were doing too much on here. And uh, my final riddle to Greg is, one of the movies that we're not watching next week is called The White Bird. Do you know how you get a white bird? Oh, I do. That's a personal reference. And we will see you next week here. No, no, to... Greg. You paint it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, people. Very, we're very out. Good. That, see, that was... That was another movie that uh, Bruce turned me on to. I didn't like it at first, but Bruce (laughs) brought me that and Tenet. 
Bruce oh, really yeah. liked Tenet, and finally, I finally came around on it. Oh, boy. Eric Holmes trolling once again. We'll see you guys here next week on Cinematics. Take care, and thanks for listening. Bruce.